this point, I lean around to the worship team and say, awesome job, and it was awesome. But I just need them to publicly know, uh, I heard that song a while ago, and they do it better than the people that do it. Come on, somebody. My goodness, that was awesome. That was awesome. I like that. Amen. That's, that's, my, that's my jam. Come on, somebody. Amen. We're going to get into the Word. We're in our, uh, our advanced series. Let's get practical. Anybody else have fun last week? Yeah, it was fun, man. Like the Lord challenged me in some ways. <laughs> this week uh, we're talking, uh, it's called Widows, Windows, and Wells. And if you weren't here last week, we talked about it's worth its weight. And we talked about how uh, the, the parable of the talents and how um, when, they, when, when, when the, 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 the master gave the servant a talent, it was worth, uh, it was weighed 75 pounds and worth 6,000 days wages. 16 and a half years, come on somebody, uh, work. So it was a lot of money, right? It was a lot. And, 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 and the master, when the servant did well and stewarded well, the master said, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Now enter into the joy, you're right, joy of your master. Amen. Good job. I'm, you guys are on it today. That's what I like to hear. He says, enter into the joy of your master, literally showing us that it's God's joy to bless us beyond measure. Amen, somebody. Let's just say amen so we can get in the habit today. Say amen. amen. Now say, come on, somebody. Say, Preach. All right, we're ready. Now we're ready. I feel like we needed a warm-up. We needed a warm-up, and now you're, now you're ready. So we just, just let that flow whenever you feel it. Amen? Uh, let's talk this week as widows, windows, and wells. Let's start off in Luke 21, 1 through 4. We're kicking it off in the King James Version. Um, it just makes me feel holy. Come on, somebody. And he looked up and saw the rich man casting their gifts into the treasury. And he saw also a, sir, a certain widow, poor widow, casting in thither two mites. And he said, of truth I say to you, that this poor woman, this poor widow, has cast in more than all y'all. Now, Jesus didn't say uh, all, all of you. He said all y'all because he's from southwest Missouri. Come on, somebody. And that's one word. That ain't all you all. It's all y'all, right? Come on. So he said all y'all. She gave more than all y'all. For these they've given out of their abundance, they cast into the offering of God. But she, out of her penury, or out of her poverty, or out of her need, she cast everything that she had come on somebody. Now, before we really get into the fullness of, of the word, we need to understand how they took offering, right? So like we do it a few different ways. Like we have, you can give online. They talk about that and you can download the app and we talk about that. And uh, there's give back boxes and that's the way you can give. And then we also have the guys that have the bucket and they hand it. And if you don't take it, they kind of nudge you a little bit. Come on, somebody. I'm just kidding. They don't do, they better not do that. But they pass the bucket down. The, like we have a few ways, but they did it different. They put their, their heel bucket, come on, somebody, right up front. And you brought your, you brought your tithes, you brought your offerings. And when you, when you brought your offering, Johnny would come up and, and don't really put offering, but pretend with me. Come on up, but you physically walk up. You're a good job, Johnny. Let's hear for Johnny. Johnny Awesome would walk up, put his tithe in, and they would say, Johnny Awesome gave $712. <laughs> That'll preach. Come on, somebody. Anyhow, and they would say, they would shout out so everybody knew how much he gave. And the next guy would come up, a Matt would come up and, and put his offering in there. And there was literally a guy that would stand here and say, would, would just put, they'd put his offering in there and say, ah, Matthew, he gave $210.65. And, and everybody would cheer and he would sit down and, and then Clinton would come up and Clinton ain't got any sense. Come on, somebody. And, and just kidding. <laughs> and this widow came up and it says she cast two mites. She cast two small copper coins. And some say that it was worth about a penny. I actually have a mite in my 
desk, uh, but I didn't want to lose it because it's really small. She would cast her, she walks up with her two copper coins. I need a microphone that won't feed back because I need you to hear the jingling uh, of this. So turn this down a little bit. Is that possible back there? They hate it when I do stuff like this to them. Oh, oh, yeah, it's going to feed back. Turn it down. Boom, there we go. All right, so they would take their two cents. Let's see if this works. They took her two copper coins and cast it in the offering bucket. And the, the person looks in, and, and he said, and he didn't say her name, or they did, but we didn't know her name. And he says, the widow, two mites. Two mites, that's all she gets. And then Jesus says, I got to say something. Now, I don't think that Jesus was maybe scheduled to preach that day. The way I picture this in my spirit is Jesus is just hanging out, going to church, right? He's sitting in the crowd, and Johnny Awesome goes up and puts in his $700 and takes uh, none of it back out. And, and Matthew takes his $217.26 and, and puts it in, and they all cheer when they say their name. And then this widow, widow comes up with two mites, one penny in our money, they say, and threw her two mites in. They said her name and said all she gave was two mites. And I have a feeling people kind of snickered. And Jesus in the crowd, he had to do something to get their attention. And I think that in that moment, Jesus stood up all by himself. And he started clapping. And he started putting his hands together. And he started cheering for her. And he started saying, man, that's awesome. Way to go, sis. That's so great. And the crowd looked at Jesus like, it was two, it was two mites. What are you doing? And he said, y'all don't get it. Because you still think offering is about money. Come on, somebody. He said, you don't get it because you still think the tithe is about how much you give. And how much you give equates to how much God loves you. He said, they, everyone else gave out of their abundance are not going to miss it. But this lady gave to the heart of scripture, gave all she had. Now, I don't know how it actually worked, but I have my opinion that she, she lived her life a certain way and, and had been trying to handle her finances a certain way and trying to mother a certain way, and it's left her broken and alone. Everything is gone, and no, she no longer has a husband at home. He's passed away, and maybe she's still trying to raise the kids. She has all this stuff going on, trying to do it her own way, and it left her broke and broken. And she comes to this place where she says, I can't do it anymore. She walks up with her two mites and she says God I trust you with all that I am she walked up and said God I've been trying to, to, to dream again and I can't so I'm trusting you with my dreams and I'm trusting you with my joy and I'm trusting you with my children come on somebody and I'm trusting you with my future and I don't care if it falls out because I'm going to keep trusting you with all that I am but if I'm trusting you with my hopes then I'm going to trust you with my failures and I'm going to trust you with my problems and I'm going to trust you with my issues because if you say you want all of me, then you get all of me. Not just the good parts. You get the bad parts. And you get the parts I'm embarrassed of. She walked up and said, God, you can have all of me. What were they called? Come on, somebody. Amen. What were they called? Say it loud. Mites. She was saying, God, I'm trusting you with all my might. started thinking what might you be holding back <laughs> thanks I thought it was good I thought it was clever but I started thinking what could you be holding back like like we all say God okay I'm gonna give you that and I'm gonna trust you with this part of my life and and but the truth is it's not all my might because what if he fails 
What if I trust him with all my future and it doesn't go the way I wanted it to go? What if I trust him with my relationship and it doesn't work out the way I wanted it to? I'm going to give you some of my might, but not all my might. I started thinking, are we trusted? What might you be holding back? Are we trusting him with all that we have, with all of our hopes and all of our dreams? And are we trusting him with all of our might? Come on, somebody. Last week I was preaching. This doesn't, this doesn't pertain, but I have my iPad here and a banner popped down about football and I squarked it up. But last week I was preaching in Stockton's first service and a banner pops up and it's my mom. And she says, your zipper's down. <laughs> so I sat down and preached the rest of the service. <laughs> It's true. I'm just sharing my issues with you because I trust him with all my might. Come on, somebody. And I trust him for my zipper. Come on, somebody. <laughs> the interesting thing about the tithe, we said it last week, and it's going to be a theme the whole week. It's never about money. It's a heart issue. He's saying, do I have all your heart? Or are you holding back? Tithe, the, the, the fascinating thing about a tithe is it's, um, again, not equal. It's a tenth. It's not equal giving but it's equal sacrifice. Because whether you make $10 or 10 million, the sacrifice is the same, it's 10%. That's, that's a fascinating thing about a tithe. I had a lady come a few years ago and she said, Pastor, tithe's an Old Testament principle, isn't it? I said, yes, ma'am, 100% it's Old Testament. And she said, so I'm free from the Old Testament, free from the law. And I said, you're exactly right. She said, so I don't have to give a tithe anymore. I said, no, you sure don't. Um, I said, the New Testament principle is sell everything you have and give it to the church. <laughs> That's what I said, I promise. And she goes, she said, you're right, pastor. I'm writing my tithe check Sunday. Come on, somebody. It's fascinating, guys. This woman, he was so impressed with her, not because of her gift, because he's never impressed with your gift. He's impressed with, he's moved by your heart. He said, I'm impressed that she gets why I'm here. She gets why the commandment was in place. She gets the heart of God. Trust me with all your might. What might you be holding back? And, and we see the promise of this in, in Malachi chapter 3. Let's go to Malachi chapter 3 and read it together. Verse 8. Will a man rob God? Yet you're robbing me. But you say, how have we robbed you? In your tithes and contributions or offerings. You've robbed me. You're cursed with a curse, for you are robbing me, the whole nation of you. Bring the full tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in the house and thereby put me to the test. Come on, somebody, says the Lord of hosts. Put me to the 90-day tithe challenge, says the Lord of hosts. If I, see if I won't open the windows of heaven for, say it loud, for you and pour down for you a blessing until there's no more need, till you can't even contain it. I will rebuke the devourer for, so that it will not destroy the fruits of your, of your soil and your vine in the field shall not fail to bear, says the Lord of hosts. And all nations, uh, verse 12 says, will call you blessed. I'm reading this and I'm trying to understand the complexity of this conversation between God and a prophet. God is speaking to the prophet and he says, oh, you gonna rob me? <laughs> like, like, how you gonna rob God? Y'all feel me? Like, like, how are you gonna rob God? So the word rob, literally means to, to take by threat of force. 
So it ain't like you sneaking in the back door of heaven and trying to, 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 to chisel up some streets of gold, right? It's almost denoting that you've held a gun at God and said, you give me what I want or I'm going to do something to you. Like that's when he says rob, that's denoting what he's saying. He says, how are you going to threaten me? And I was reading that, Pastor Clinton, and I thought that doesn't make any sense at all. Like, like. He, he knows that we can't threaten him. He knows that we can't force him to do anything. And I'm going to have to correct that in a few minutes. But, but he knows that we can't make him do certain things. And, and, and God says, you going to rob me? You going you gonna to rob me? See, I've heard this preached, and I don't think it's wrong necessarily. Um, but I don't think it's the heart of what was being said here. What I've heard being said is, it's God's money, and you're not giving him what's his. And I thought to myself, why does God need cash when he can create gold? Come on, somebody. Like, like that's not the case. That, that's not the heart behind the scripture that's being said. I don't feel that. I, when, I, when I read this, I, I was questioning the Lord about this. And I'm like, how can we rob you? And then he took me back to last week, and it's worth its weight. And he took me back that the master said, you stewarded well what I've given you. Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the, say it like you mean it to the joy of your master he said listen you're not robbing me money you're robbing my joy of blessing you he says I, I have so much in store for you I want to bless you in ways that you can't fathom but when you don't trust me with all your might you're tying my hands from giving you what I know you need what I know you want and right when you need it and right when you want it he says when you don't trust me with all your might you're stealing my joy Woo! Come on, somebody. I was shouting when he was speaking that to me because I began to understand it from a greater capacity. It's never about money. It's a heart issue. He says, if you'll trust me, if he says, test me and trust me. You're not robbing me by taking something from me. You're robbing me from what is my joy. And that's to bless you beyond you can fathom. That's what he says, right? And then he says this, he says, see if I won't open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing. You can't contain, on you that you can't contain. Like, like I just was about to shout when I was reading this. Because you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of 1992. Anybody remember 1992? I wanted some pump basketball shoes with the basketball and you pump it and I thought I could dunk like Jordan if I had the pumps you know what I mean right on the tongue you pump that mug up and it inflates and I don't know what it does but they were expensive and I wanted them for Christmas come on somebody and I run out of my room 1992 I come running out of my room and not one time did I go I wonder what my brother got where's his present at okay I wasn't like okay I hope I find the tag with TW's name on it don't make me preach by myself somebody I was looking for something that had my name on it. Because see, I could take my, well, I couldn't, he's bigger than me, but I could take my brother's shoes, but he's a big, ugly guy, and they're bigger than me, and they wouldn't fit right. And the truth is, when your daddy has a gift for you, it's made, it's tailored for you. It fits you. It doesn't fit someone else. So I come running out of my room, 1992, and I'm searching that tree for the, for the blessing that has my name on it, that was made for me, that fits me. Come on, somebody. And when I found him, y'all know I was about to shout. Come on, somebody. He's saying, when you trust me with all your might, I have a blessing for 
you. Yeah, I got one for your neighbor, for them. It ain't like God's, God's throwing a Hail Mary hoping someone catches the blessing. He's saying, I have a plan for your life. Back to last week, we're tying all these together. One he gave one, to one, stu- to one steward he gave two, and to one he gave five, according to their ability. He says, I have something for you that you can handle that will bless you. He says, when you trust me, if you test me, if you trust me, I can bless you in ways that will blow your mind. It'll be more than you can even handle. But then the next part got me even more fired up. Look at what it says. I think it's verse 11. (laughs) There it is. I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. Rebuke means to basically tell it it's off limits, to, to fight, to withhold, to withstand, to not let it come. The word devour means to eat up. Understand what he's saying. I'm going to bless you in a way that you can't even contain it. It's going to spill out onto the ground. It's going to overflow. And anytime the, the seed falls on the ground, the Bible says there's birds of prey that try to come take it. They're called the devourer. He says, it's going to be, when you trust me with all your might, it's going to be my business to protect you. So it's like this. Johnny, can you come here again? Johnny's like a black belt. Him and Randy Stewart, they can kick you in the face before you can even blink. It's terrifying. I need a volunteer to help with Johnny. (laughs) I'm kidding. So I've got, so basically, when I trust God with all my might, and I put it where, with all my, with my hopes, all my might, with my future, all my might, it, it deploys the Spirit of God to come and protect what God said is yours. So when something tries to come take it, go ahead and just reach out. Don't hurt him, but you can put him in a little lock. Reach out and try to take the blessing of God. He says, no, 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 no. You don't understand. That's my sons. And you, it's cute that you thought you could come. But see, he trusts me. And when he trusts me, it deploys me to go and fight on his behalf. So try and sneaky as he might, the truth is the spirit of the living God says, I now became your full-time defense. Come on, somebody. He says, all of a sudden, no one, Job 42, too, can thwart the plan of God. No devil in hell. Come on, somebody. No person on earth can stop what I want to do in your life. You've deployed me. Your faith has moved me. I said something incorrectly when I said that we couldn't make God do anything. That's not a true statement. How do I know that? Because Jesus, he, God just said it. He said, make me do it. Test me. It's only. The only way you can, it's amazing. The only way you can force him is by trusting him and obeying him. Come on, somebody. Now, it's interesting because not only that, let's switch roles for a second, but don't hurt me. He seriously can't. I had him do a sidekick one day, and he, like, kicked a cup off my head. Well, that's not true, but it was that high, and I was scared. <laughs> the enemy comes, and the Spirit of God's there, and it's almost like he chest bump. What, what you thinking you're doing? That's, that's almost what goes on. And, and matter of fact, let's talk contextually. He talks about your field and the fruit of your harvest. What, what's going on here was there were locusts and birds of prey and pestilence that would come and try to steal the harvest, come on somebody, of the, of the labor that someone planted. 
The spirit of the living God is saying in Malachi 3, he's saying even the natural occurrences in nature can't bypass my spirit when you trust me and you obey. It doesn't have to make sense. What he's saying is there's going to be some natural locusts in your life that when you sow and you labor and you plant your field, there's some natural locusts in your life and they're going to come in. But I'm the best bug spray on the market, baby. That's what he's saying. He said there's some birds of prey. That when the seed falls to the ground, they want to come and steal what was what, what the abundance or the overflow. He's saying, I'm the Holy Ghost scarecrow, baby. Can't no bird get into this field. He's saying, I'm marking the perimeter of your life with a no trespassing sign. He said, I ain't letting them come in. You can go home, devour. Spirit of poverty, you can go home. But you can't stay here. That's what he's saying. That's that's that's. That's, that's the heart, theme, and context of that verse. But let's talk about it naturally. I bought, a, I bought a truck one time. Sold a Jeep and bought a truck. That's my cycle. Then I sell a, buck, a truck and buy a Jeep. That's my cycle. I got my issues. <laughs> I sold this Jeep, and I had abundance. Abundance is always better than lack. Three of us. The rest of y'all will figure it out. <laughs> I had abundance when I made this deal, and it was a blessing. Like, and it was a good Jeep, and I made someone a great deal, but I, I, I was able to make some money on it. I've bought and sold vehicles most of my life, and, um, and, and, I, and I had enough. To, I was going to buy this truck, and I was going to put wheels and tires, and y'all, it was going to look dope. It was going to be awesome. It was going to be so cool. And so I take it to the mechanic to get it inspected, and the mechanic goes, here's the problem. Um, it needs a lot more work than you realized. And it's going to cost a lot more than you realize. And here's what it's going to cost, which was almost the exact amount that I had set aside for wheels and tires. And I was belly aching. I sounded like the 9 a.m. Stockton crowd. Come on, somebody. I was like, God, why me? I was like, God, I finally get to hit. God, God, I'm working so hard. God, I, I'm, why? God, I was getting ahead and then this happened. And I'm kind of belly aching and griping and crying to God. And then God's like, oh, you missed it, son. I'm like, what do you mean I missed it? He goes, see, you thought the abundance was for something. But because you trust me with your might, I bless you on the front side to cover the back side. Come on, somebody. Don't make me preach. He said, I, I, I gave you the promotion because I knew something was going to happen. So I funded what the enemy was trying to steal. He said, I, I made provision. When the devourer tried to come, I headed him off. And I said, I know your plans. And I'll thwart your plans. I'll stop your plans. And I'll cause increase on the front so the attack doesn't affect him. Can the attack come? Yes. But it can't cause me to sink, Peter, walking on water. Can the storm come? Absolutely. It is impossible, the word says. In this life, John 16, 33, you will have trouble. But take heart, John 16, 33. I overcame this life. I overcame this world. But take heart. If you trust me with all your might, I won't let it affect you. It can show up, but it can't affect your joy. It can't affect your peace. It can't affect your hope. It can't affect your emotions. It can't affect anything. John 4. We see this fascinating, another yet fascinating scripture. It says he had to pass through Samaria. 
So he came to a town of Samaria called Sychar, near the field that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there. So Jesus, wearied from his journey, sitting beside the well, it was about the sixth hour of the day, like probably around noon. And a woman from Samaria came to draw water. And Jesus said to her, give me a drink, in verse 13. Um, and Jesus said then again to her, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I give him will never be thirsty again. And that water I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. This woman, first of all, he had to go to Samaria. He, he had a mission to intersect someone's destiny. Come on, somebody. Anybody thankful that he intercepted your destiny? He intercepted my problems and my pain. And, and this woman is about noon, um, give or take, and, and she shows up on the scene to draw water. You don't draw water at noon in that culture. You do it early in the morning or late at night. Right? Why is she drawing water at noon? Well, the scripture would go on to tell us that she's had five husbands, divorced them all, and she's living with the dude she ain't married to. It's showing us that shame was trying to cover her. Heartache was trying to overwhelm her. She showed up at noon, not because she overslept, because she was trying to avoid everybody else. She was trying to avoid all the people that would tease her or, or mock her or throw shade at her. They were, they were trying to, she, she was trying to avoid all those issues. And yet Jesus shows up at noon. Now it's interesting because he tells the Samaritan woman, give me a drink. Now, they wouldn't have talked to women, and especially Samaritan women. Samaritans, guys, in that day, they were, they were known as, they call them like half-breeds. They were half, half Hebrew and half uh, something else. And so their father was Jacob, but the lineage wasn't the same. And the problem with the Samaritans of the day was they would, when it came to war, they would cheer for whoever's winning. So when it came to war, like, if the Philistines were winning, they were like, let's go be Philistines. If the Hebrews were winning, like, we're Hebrews. If the Amalekites were winning, they're like, we're Amalekites. They would literally cheer for whoever was winning. They're basically like modern-day Patriot fans. Yeah. <laughs> My son Jace always says, if the Chiefs don't draft me, I guess I'll go to the Patriots. You heard about, you can, never mind, football. They were, they were fair-weather fans. And Jesus looks at her, he goes, hey, Give me a drink. And she's like, why are you talking to me? She looks at him. She's like, you ain't even got a bucket, weirdo. How you going to get water? It's a deep well. You ain't got no rope. You ain't got no bucket. You ain't got nothing. How are you going to get water? And Jesus goes, you missed it. I think it's fascinating. What, what well were they at? Jacob's will. It's fascinating because, see, as we're talking this series about uh, let's get practical, it's important for us to understand that the practicality of giving is, of course, more than money. It's a heart issue, but it's a legacy issue. It's fascinating to me that she, centuries after Jacob, was drinking from Jacob's well. We could literally call this a residual blessing. Because of the obedience and labor of someone else, generations down the road were still drinking the, the, the profits of that or drinking the wealth of that. So, like, why do I say it's important to keep your kids in church? Residual blessing. Why do I teach my kids about the Lord and about uh, finances and about work ethic? Well, because I want them to be blessed, but I want my grandkids to be blessed. And I want their grandkids to be blessed. And the grandkids that I'll never meet, 
I want their legacy. I want the legacy to continue to bless them. Because it's fascinating because see the woman, the widow, we don't know her name. What was her name? We don't know. It's showing us God isn't interested in prolonging your name as much as your legacy. Your legacy is not your name. Your legacy is what you pass down. Come on, somebody. And this Jacob's well issue, he was showing this woman there's a legacy beyond what she can see that if she'll partake of it, it will bless generations to come. Jesus says to her, can I have a drink? Can I have a drink? And she says, you ain't got a bucket. He said, you missed it. How do you ask me for a drink? He says, I could have caused a well of living water to sprout up from within you that you would never thirst again. Worship team can come on out. He says, had you trusted me, even though it didn't make sense, he said, I know that all I'm asking for is a drink. And if you trust me with the drink, I have a well for you. And as she trusted him with the drink, the Bible says that a lot of the Samaritans began to believe in the words of her and found Jesus and encountered the heart of God because someone else dared to tell Take a drink. What's your point, Pastor Bo? Whether it's a widow. I thought you smacked me on the tail right then. What kind of church is this? We're, we're not that church. Whether it's a widow, a window, or a well, it's an exchange. I'm saying, whether it's a widow saying, I don't have much left. I've given all I have. I don't, I don't know if I can trust anymore. I don't know if I can dream again. I don't know. I, I was so hurt in the last relationship, and I know my heart, I know my mind is ready, but I don't know if I can trust again. I know I was hurt at the last time I tried to serve in a church. I don't know that I have anything left to offer. It's never a money issue, it's a heart issue. He's saying, if you trust me with all your might, I can open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that would turn into a well of living water that won't just bless you. They'll bless the people around you and the, and the friends around you and your children and children's children and children's children's children. And the word declares, if we trust him with all of our might, it'll bless us to the thousandth generation. It's never been a money issue. It's never been a giving issue of finances. It involves it. But 100% is a trust issue. Do you trust Him with all your might, with all your hope, and with all your hurt? With all your discouragement and all your dreams? Do you trust Him with your issues and your identity? Do you trust Him enough to say, Lord, I don't know where I'm going, but Spirit, lead me. I'm giving you all my might.
I'm laying down my dreams. And if you say jump, I'll jump. And if you say stop, I'm going to say no. Lord, I don't know what it looks like, but with all that I have today, I'm trusting you. With my dreams, I'm trusting you. With my, with my heart, I'm trusting you. If that's you today and you're saying, God, with all my might from this day forward, I'm trusting you. We're going to sing this song, man. Allow the Spirit of God to speak to you and show you areas of, of, of your might that you've just been holding on to. That you've just saying, I don't know. I don't know. And I'm challenging you today to throw it in the bucket. Saying, God, every part of my life is now your together because I don't want anybody to pray by themselves nobody's by themselves in this journey so why would we act like it pray with me Jesus I believe you died for me I believe you rose again for me I admit that I have sin in my life and I ask for forgiveness for it Today, I commit my life to live for you fully with everything that I have. If you prayed that, either here in this building or online, would you lift your hand really quick? I just want to send somebody to love on you this morning. I just want to send somebody to um, make that a, a statement in your life this morning. Lift your hand real high if that was you this morning. I Last, I want to I talk to the rest of us who have been 
giving a little bit of ourselves, giving a little bit of our time, giving a little bit of our, our money, giving a little bit of everything that we have, but just holding back for the in-case measure. Right? Like, what if it, what if it fails? What if it doesn't work? I need to have a backup plan. I need to have something lined out so that I know that I know that I know that I'm going to make it. See, the, the blessings that flow from God depend on our obedience to say, there is no backup plan. You are my plan. So this morning with, with my hand lifted as well, if you would just commit and admit to God that you are ready to give him everything it means to serve and follow him, would you lift your hand with me and we're gonna pray. Father God, we commit today knowing that we are withholding something in our lives that needs to be committed to you fully without regret without the second chance without the the what if but god we are we are fully committed to serving you in every aspect of our lives god today we want to hold nothing in our secret hidden place god we want to be an open book for you to use us and for us to pour out to the community that we're surrounded in so that they can be filled again and experience your love just the same as us. Father, I thank you for these people, Lord, that are admitting and committing to follow you with every ounce of every fiber in their being. God, because with that kind of army, the kingdom, your kingdom, will be changed forever drastically. Jesus, in your name we pray. Amen. Hey, can we can we get a little noisy for the people that decided to make Jesus their Lord and Savior today? I mean, that's something to be excited about. If you're here, it's for that reason and that reason alone. Amen? Amen, amen. Hey, I want to I wanna, um, reiterate during this advanced series, um, we are in a tithe challenge. So uh, as we're talking and as we are uh, walking through this every week, um, he mentioned it briefly today that, that we believe in, in this moment, in this season on, on December 1st is technically the launch date of this push and of this drive and of this challenge. But um, we are banding together as a church saying that if you commit to give God a, a tenth, to give God your tithe and bring it to the storehouse for 90 days and he doesn't show up and he doesn't do what he can do and, and what only he can do and he doesn't uh, bless you and he doesn't make a, a way when there seems to be no way, come to me and I'll write you a check for the full 90 days, the full uh, whatever that is, 12 weeks, and I'll give you your money back. Because that's how confident we are in the ability of the God that we serve to do what he says he can do. Amen? This morning, um, we're going to take an offering. I'm going to switch it. And that seems a little awkward now that I just talked about money. Um, we're going to take an offering really quick. And uh, then, actually, I'm sorry, we're going to pray. Can we, um, there is a, is he one? Like 10 months? He is in the hospital like right now. Um, with severe burns, and they are, um, she just got a call, and it's going to take a miracle for him to make it. Um, uh, it was an accident, and um, we 
I just believe that we can band together and we can pray this morning uh, for a miracle happening right now in the middle of a surgery operating table. Amen. Would you band with me? Father God, we, we bring Easton to your attention right now. Jesus, we call down a miracle in your name. God, that you would take over physicians' hands and minds, and God, you would clearly articulate what needs to happen quickly in order to preserve his life. God, I pray for the family that's involved, and God, the emotional roller coaster that this is, God, that you would just give them a sense of peace and calming, even in the midst of this, one of the worst storms and probably the worst storm that they've ever walked in. God, I pray that no matter the outcome, Father, that you would be exalted through this. God, sometimes that's harder than others, but Lord, we just focus on you through this. God, we're trusting and believing for a miracle in Jesus' name right now as we speak his name. Jesus, in your name we pray. Amen. All right, now we're going to take an offering. Folks that are going to help me. 